0: I am very excited today because at a certain level in my career, I realized that there was only so much I could do to progress. Like I had already met all my heroes. I had already worked with a lot of the people that I had once looked up to. And I realized I was standing shoulder to shoulder with many giants of our industry. And, and I felt really good. And the, the, the only next step that I could, figure out and I had asked several people like well what's the next step? The the logical next step is to share your story and share your experience. And instead of once you've climbed up the ladder, the goal is to not pull up the ladder behind you, but to reach down and pull more people up the ladder. And through the column I was able to do a lot of that by sharing my experiences and sharing my knowledge. And even in my small part niche of the industry, I was able to get people to kind of look, read my stuff and go like, man, that's great. I would love to be able to do what you do and help out. But now uh, there's no shows to be done. I have nothing to share. So the only thing that we can do in our industry is to reach out to the people who are not as fortunate or have taken a little bit more of a hit than some of us. So I am very excited to reach out to a, a good friend of mine. Her name is Dawn Chang. She's a seasoned lighting designer out of Connecticut, and she shares this passion with me. She also understands the the importance of helping out in our industry and staying connected and getting involved in our industry. So uh, please uh, help me welcome Dawn. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thanks, Chris. It's great to be here.
0: I... I'm very excited today because to put a face and a voice to all of your Facebook and LinkedIn messages, you're, you're basically a digital activist and it, it's so inspiring to see how much, how many resources are available. And I know a lot of people are, sometimes they don't see them and maybe they're not following you, but I mean, there are so many resources available to people who in our industry And I would love to hear a little bit about how you got interested in activism for our industry.
1: Um, I think it was a natural outgrowth of everyone who helped me along the way. I think besides us wanting to help others, I certainly had a great number of wonderful mentors as I was starting my career. And, and that spirit of generosity and passing it on was ingrained in me right from day one uh, with, I mean, the world-class mentors that I happened to luck into. So that, that was part of it. And then many years ago, uh, I was working on a production and I got uh, roped into giving a seminar to some of the patrons who, who were actually in a, a continuing ed class that was connected to the theater and so i gave a whole lecture demo about how i lit a show i was able they'd all seen the production the night before and i had my board up there and i was able to deconstruct four different scenes with the lights and show them how i built it up from black and and the building blocks of design basically and to see it in front of their eyes and do all that and kind of see all those aha moments happen. And so I was, so that was great. And what what made a huge difference in my life was uh, a gentleman whose name I never got and do not know to this day. He was at the, so when we uh, finished up uh, as I was going up the aisle at the back of the house this gentleman introduced himself. He was a high powered uh, lawyer in Washington DC where we were doing the gig and introduced himself and said he usually stuck around for the first 15 minutes to see what time he should pick his wife up at the end. He says, but I stayed for this whole lecture. Uh, You are such a compelling communicator. So I just, and I had no idea. Uh, And that's when I connected the dots about sharing my passion that I could share this passion that we all have about what we do with others and and that became part of my mission in life
0: that must have been so fulfilling i can only imagine you were very nervous to be in front of the lights as opposed to being behind them where we're more comfortable
1: well actually i i wasn't (laughs) so that maybe that's part of it yeah I, I wasn't, maybe that's part of the magic of what was going on. It was like, uh, and let me show you this toy and let me show you that toy. And then if I just take this level, this front light down like 40%, we've gone from comedy to tragedy. And it was, it was more of that spirit and it somehow came across. And so that, that a big light bulb went off in my head about that, that I, could, I can share this passion that we have. With so with others,
0: you're just altruistic by nature. You just love sharing and helping, and you any way you can go about sharing what you've learned and your experiences, you're all for it.
1: Yeah, that's. I think that that also is personified. That my two majors in college were theater and psychology. So I I, I'm a psych (laughs) I'm a psych major as well. So, So this is kind of how organically those two have
0: converged. Maybe that's how you got into lighting. Maybe you're just using your lighting to actually heal people and cause the emotions <laughs> that help them to help themselves.
1: Well, certainly tapping into emotions and portraying that visually is all part of that. Uh, and and also the other important distinction for me is in in the performing arts and live entertainment, there is that sense of hope, there's that lift. And as I, cause I start, I pursued, I started my psych major first and I was discovering that it's great to help other people but some people, sometimes people are just gonna be down in the depths for a long time, if not, you know, into, into the rest of their lives. And I personally needed some sense of hope as part of my day-to-day work and I stumbled into the theater. Uh, when I was in college and that became the other half of it
0: I uh, I don't want to overstate it but you're almost like a light therapist in, in <laughs> <with> regards <laughs> Don Chang light therapy
1: right and, <laughs> and my name is Dawn uh, uh, my mother my my name in Chinese uh, translated in, in, into English is fount of light
0: oh wow <laughs> I'm not one to uh, believe in too much predestiny, but I, I might, you might be convincing me otherwise.
1: <laughs> right. So is it coincidence or what what is it? But I um, don't know.
0: But that's... You might be destined to be right here, right now.
1: <laughs> Doing this.
0: <laughs> so I know before we get into the three subjects that I really want to cover today, I know that you are actually still able to work in the middle of this pandemic. Can you talk a, about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, I just got done lighting a show, uh, Tally's Folly for Syracuse Stage. And it's a two-person play. Uh, It won the Pulitzer Prize in 1980. And the theater made all the safety applications and all that to all all the unions uh, to seek permission to do this production with the intention of going direct to video. It was a four-camera shoot. So we got approved. The two actors are married to each other, so they were already in their quarantine safety bubble. The rest of us uh, came on board and got tested on a regular basis. And there were also daily health checks, uh, masking 100% of the time when you're in the building, anywhere in the building uh social distancing they actually put plexi dividers at the end of my tech table which i think more just (laughs) reminders for people to keep their social distancing as opposed to anything that it would actually obstruct because it's an open air you know it's in an auditorium it's not Mm -hmm. the plexi is not going to the ceiling um (laughs) so we did so the first week of rehearsal was on zoom The second week was on the set, which had already been, they scheduled to have completely done. So they were on that. So they were never in a cramped space. They had the entire auditorium for rehearsals. so that when I had to come see Run Through, we had tons of cubic feet of air between us uh, and all of that and and we did the whole thing and everybody is safe and sound it's currently streaming until november 22nd on syracuse and it got sensational reviews so we're that, very pleased with it
0: that is how the arts adapt we yeah. we can't stop we're unstoppable we will figure out a way we'll find every sliver of light available and we will use it to create emotion
1: Right. So whether it's drive-in performances or or, uh, uh, repurposing baseball stadiums for, you know, socially distanced pods, watching a performance, all of that, all of that. For all
0: the husband and wife duos out there that have that uh, spark (laughs) and they're ready to present it, there's lots of theaters available.
1: Right. Right. So it was it was an incredible uh, experience to be able to do that. And also to work through the post production process with the with the editing team, to to get it into shape. So we're very we're very proud and happy.
0: Congratulations! I can only imagine that that was very taxing on you to try and create art with so many restrictions.
1: You know, actually, it was pretty surprisingly enough. It was pretty comfortable. I mean, going in and going back and doing a show. You know, it's like riding a bicycle all over again. I mean, it's only been X number of months, but it was like, there was no, there was no like, how do I do this? What, what, what's the programming syntax on this? Nothing. Uh, the, the strangest adjustment that I found I personally had to make was because I was wearing a mask and I had a headset on every time <laughs> we took a break. Cause usually, you know, in pre-pandemic, the only thing on my head is a headset. Right. Right. So I it's kind of a a physical touch cue to remove my headset and then walk away because I had this other thing on my head, my face, which was the mask. I I didn't separate that as a sensation on my head from the headset. So I had to consciously remind myself that not to tug on this cord, which was a headset, which was removable as opposed to the mask. (laughs) I don't know why, but that was the thing that I had to remember to do. Everything else was easy.
0: Uh, glasses, <laughs> a mask, and a headset. You, you had many head accessories. But you right. Were, the glasses how many more fun. things can we strap to Don's head?
1: <laughs> yeah, so the mask and headset, in, in terms of what it felt like on my head, became all one. And I knew I was just wearing <laughs> the mask. So I was like, no, no. Headset is detachable. Remove the headset. <laughs> then walk away from the table. So that was kind of funny.
0: It's always the little <laughs> things that get us, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, everything else is fine. Focusing what do all that, no big deal. That's what we do all the time. And it was, it felt so familiar, so comfortable. I was working with a, a whole team that I know and trust. And that's also what made it great because we we do trust each other. I knew that they were so on top of their game in terms of all the protocols we needed to to take care of. Um, I think that also helped us make all of that, you know, secondary and supportive.
0: Uh, that makes me optimistic. It, it reminds me that this is a temporary thing that we're going to get through and that, uh, that definitely brings hope back. That's, yeah. that's exciting to hear that yeah. uh, there are still theaters finding a way to create emotion. That's great to hear. So on the, the slightly sad side of it is that's another sort of show that you will not be able to bring an audience to, which is something that I know that you have a passion for, which is uh, expressed in the Wendy Project, which is something you've been a part of. Can you speak a little bit about the Wendy Project is and how you got involved and what, what that does to increase excitement for our industry?
1: The Wendy Project is part of the Theater Development Fund. They are the people who have that red ticket booth in the middle of uh, Duffy Square, Times Square uh, in the Broadway Theater District where you can get half price tickets. And one of their flagship programs for students is called the Wendy Wasserstein Project, which was started by the playwright Wendy Wasserstein in 1998, just as a, she did a, a test group for a year. She took eight high school students to six Broadway shows to. She felt that going to see shows and live performances was the right of every person in New York City. So she wanted to find out if that was true and if she could connect with high school students. And it was a roaring success. So since 98, it has grown now to 24 high schools in the New York City School District. They've capped it at 24 just to kind of keep the quality control on what's going on. And so there are Broadway directors and choreographers, playwrights, composers, actors, directors, designers, who, and we each have a group that we mentor through nine month period. So I've been doing this for, I don't know, maybe five, six years, something like that. And so I take the same eight high school students to six Broadway shows each year. I pick the shows. Wow. And, and all of it is funded by TDF. So all the ticks are free. And then after each show, we adjourn to a rehearsal room nearby and over pizza, We talk about the show for 90 minutes and they get to talk to each other about what they thought about the play and the performances and all of that. And as opposed to where you sit in class and it's teacher to student, this is more peer-to-peer. I help facilitate it. I ask them questions to get us started. And I'll also add in my insight as a designer, as a theater practitioner, stagecraft, so on and so forth. Sometimes I arrange backstage tours or they get to meet the cast and and that as well but the core and they all talk about it is the fact that they get to talk to each other for an hour and a half about their feelings about Mm. their response about their different responses to the bad guy or their responses to the good guy and find that because you don't get to do that when you're focusing on a subject like history or math they this is a What we've learned is this is a kind of conversation that they don't get to talk about their feelings and their perspectives person to person as part of the school year. And this is a way to do that. And they also start to connect with these amazing performers on stage and the people in the pit. And sometimes I may even be talking about house lighting because some of the Broadway theaters, you have to use theatrical lighting to light the auditorium they don't have their own architectural systems and and i had Mm -hmm. some students get blown away by what you could do to make the dome light up and look so vibrant you know by using just a handful of fixtures Uh, so so they start to connect a huge amount of dots over over the course of a year and in addition they have to write keep a journal of their theater going experiences and and do you find
0: that the, yeah. the high school students are surprisingly insightful?
1: Completely. Completely. It's really great. There there are many really favorite experiences. Uh, I I took them to see a, um, an off-Broadway show called Flight, which was about a real life incident of two teenage kids trying to flee the Middle East to get to to London. This in in present day written by it's a story written by a journalist, and all of the incidents in the story are true. And the form of storytelling is a about a 25-foot drum that has all these kind of quarter-inch scale maquettes of each of the scenes that light up individually one at a time with a couple of LEDs. And you're the performance space is actually you're you're seated at little black velour study carols that uh, circled the 25 foot drum and you're wearing headsets and hearing a soundscape and the dialogue and the music and then each of them turn on automatically as the story unfolds, it's, it was a stunning production. So in the talk afterwards, I, was, I always asked them about first impressions and one of the students said, this is the first time I've ever done something where I wasn't talking to my girlfriend you know, uh, or, or texting her because we were in these individual carols and we had headsets on i said and so how was that she says well the first 10 minutes were kind of scary because i've never done that but then i realized i signed up for this because i wanted to have new experiences and discover new things so i just kind of went with it and i said so how was it she says it was really great. It was amazing. I said, would you do it again? She went, absolutely. So here was somebody generationally who has never been, you know, she's always been tethered to her electronics and chatting. And Chris, Chris is falling over laughing if you can't see him on screen. Oh my God. So this was a huge aha moment for her.
0: That's the theater that's the power of theater if nothing else it's just for kids to put their phones down for 10 for an hour and a half for an hour and a half she, she was scared that she had never set her phone down for an hour and a half yeah oh yeah oh my god so oh that was god.
1: that was also news to me that she was that tethered but that you, she you was
0: liberated this poor soul
1: she has a whole new set of you know, experiences that she can, she can discover as she, goes through, as she goes through life. And that's what this program does. That's what's... Wow. And I have of, buckets full of stories like that, that this program just allows us to bubble up and we're able to help usher this forward as part of their lives.
0: Oh, you just, you just hit a, had a, a nerve in me to think that kids are so removed from live entertainment. To, to, I mean, you and I are from the generation where that was all there was, was live right. entertainment. I mean, there was TV. I mean, I remember changing the channel. I, you had to get up to change the channel on <laughs> the television. At least that was something, Yeah. <laughs> you know, but now, yeah. I mean, my kids, my kids will never know the feeling of having to wait. For their program to be on. Exactly. They just know that I want to watch it. I'm going to get it now. Right. You know, and for them to even wait for the spinny thing to take 30 seconds to download is frustrating for them. But these people, I mean, having to wait, you know, three months for your show to come to town or the circus or something.
1: Yeah. Oh, and the preface to this just briefly was uh, because this was all taking place at the McKittrick Hotel where the sort of environmental piece, Sleep No More also presents and so it's a very moody eerie sort of space and all that and as part of the lot the waiting area they had two vintage telephone booths just regular old payphone booths right so while they're waiting they start poking you know at this thing and they go john what 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 is this i want this is a telephone it's a rotary dial
0: Oh no way.
1: And and so I I was teaching them one by one how to use a rotary dial, you know, put your you know, pick the number, put your finger in it, pull it around till it gets to the stop, release it. You know, it, it it rotates. Yeah. Okay, pick the next number and all of that and they're going, "Wow, this is so slow. Is it is, is there speed dial on this thing?" Nope. And they were amazed. So that was another <laughs> little, I, I had no idea that we're, there were going to be two rotary pay phones in the waiting area uh, before the show, but it became another one of those great discoveries.
0: Oh, heaven forbid you had any zeros in your phone number! I mean, <laughs> you're going to be there for an extra minute.
1: Right, <laughs> right. So it's, it's, it's great stuff like that.
0: I can only imagine that with uh, being open to twenty four schools, I can only imagine that's a fairly sought after. It is position. Uh, do they have to apply for that? How does how does somebody become a part of the Wendy Project?
1: Uh, so they have to write an essay, and it's and it's I think three questions about you know why do you want to apply? What is your connection to anything that has to do with uh, the arts, performing arts, fine arts, and tell us about some piece of art or performance that has moved you and then fourth, wh- and then what would you bring to the Wendy Pro, pro- project
0: okay and, and then it's the same eight people
1: same eight so we get to know each other over the course of a like school year
0: so going to one show is one thing but to being able to know that you're after your first show you're like oh my god I've got five more of these yeah that must be great
1: it's incredible it's incredible. Uh,
0: that's uh, that's exactly the way that we increase diversity of, of thought and opinion in our industry is by letting people of the next generation know, like, this is a thing. These right. are the people that do this for a living. Right. These are the, the impacts that you can have. That's oh. how you get people inspired.
1: Right. And the follow on to this is once you graduate from the Wendy Project, you get up to four years of... vouchers at the from at TKTS meaning so and and you're getting tickets at a hugely discounted price anyway so $100 goes a long way you can see a number of shows and then that also means you can decide who would what show would you pick and who would you think would enjoy coming with me wow and TDF has discovered over the years that that's what activates the, the true connection to going to live events and performing arts is once you get past busing the class into a performance, once they actually start engaging in choosing the show, just choosing who would go with them, it starts to activate that uh, muscle Mm -hmm. and so on. So if you use up your first year of hundred dollar vouchers, you get a second year and a third and a fourth.
0: That's amazing. So this is a little bit of a tangent, but when I'm out on the road and I go through New York city, I always make sure to go see a show and nine times out of 10, I will invite somebody on my tour to go with me. And it's, nine times out of 10, they'll say no. Like, ah, I'm, I got something else. I got somebody in town. I'm going to go visit them. Yeah. So I usually go sit by myself and at a show and it's never the same. Right. Going to see a show by yourself is, it's a, it's an experience, but going to see a show with a like-minded person sitting next to you is so much better.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: And I think that's exactly the, the skill set or the muscle that you just mentioned is the, the thought of, I want to see this show. Who do I know that would also enjoy this and I would want sitting next to me during this?
1: Exactly. Exactly. You've, you've, you've definitely connected some very important dots. It is a shared experience and it's, it's something that we value as sharing.
0: Yeah. All too often I'll be on a tour and I'll be like, well, I want to go see the book of Mormon. And then I'll go through my closest colleagues on the tour. I'm like, ah, they wouldn't enjoy it. They wouldn't enjoy (laughs) it. That person would. And then you'll, you'll, you'll be vulnerable enough to go like, Hey, so I bought some tickets to go see a show. Do you want to go with me? That's a very human moment to say, Hey, like we're, we're coworkers, but do you want to go to a show with me?
1: Right.
0: That's, 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 that's very cool. That's a really good thing to encourage uh, the next generation to learn how to do. Otherwise, you know, you're going to do it on your phone, like, Hey, Dawn, (laughs) two tickets to, you know, emoji, 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 want to (laughs) go.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's, that's great. Uh, The other thing that you are involved in that I know you are very passionate about, and I've met with Lori to kind of go over how amazing this project is, is called Behind the Scenes. Yes. Uh, Can you speak a little bit to that one now? That's another thing that you are using as part of your power to kind of help out people when they need it most.
1: Right. Well, Behind the Scenes was created to help provide financial assistance to entertainment technology folks uh in need due to serious illness or injury. And that came out of the fact that so many of us are gig workers and don't have any insurance coverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a huge, huge need, and this started some years ago. So so that's initially how behind the scenes started. And that program still is the bulwark of of the program. Uh, and and now Lori asked me to be on the board, which I gladly accepted. And the next thing they discovered was they've started a mental health uh, initiative, which last fall, before the pandemic, behind the scenes did a survey to find out, you know, how people felt in terms of the kind of work that they do, you know, the hours that people pull, the stressors and so on and so forth. and, And found that people really did, there was, a notable need around mental health, suicide prevention, um, chemical addiction, and so on mm-hmm. and so forth. So BTS has started uh, a whole suite of programs around um, around mental health. So so f- there's a industry entertainment industry therapist finder. So if you want to try and find somebody in your area that understand understands what you do in this business, as opposed to having to spend Many <laughs> hours trying to explain to somebody else w- mm-hmm. what it is you do. These are people who have experience and background in understanding that. Uh, there's a self-assessment tool where you—it's private. You can find out if—if you—you know anything thing that you might be concerned about. It'll—it'll it'll give you an assessment on what is that that might be. It's not an answer, but it's things that you might want to pursue and discover further. Uh, There's a peer-to-peer chat if you wanna find somebody to talk to, somebody else in the industry to talk to about this kind of stuff. And there's also um, Be The One Two, which is a, um, a suicide prevention resource program, which has a lot of great resources to help you help somebody else, a coworker, a friend, and so on and so forth. Not trying to, help by yourself they have a hotline and a a crisis line all of that that are attached to that but if you find people around you in need you can help be that link to to moving past that
0: it's crucial to have uh, mental health support in in general but industry specific mental health support is is so much more important uh, when my wife and I went to therapists a few times, we end up spending more time explaining our situation than yep. we do actually receiving support. Exactly. A lot of people, they don't understand Like you're out of town. How often? Right. And, um, do you guys love each other? Well, yes, we love each other. It's just that's my job. I'm, I'm out of town <laughs> that long. Right. And, and a lot of times it's, you know, when you, your therapists are ex- as expensive as they are. That's, like, yeah. I don't want to waste time doing that. You really need an industry specific right. person to help us out.
1: Right. Right. And, and to that, also Chauvet Professional uh, just recently announced a reset fund. They're donating $25,000 to behind the scenes to help fund exactly what you're talking about. To
0: Oh, that's great.
1: Yeah, and with a matching, uh, they'll match up to tw- an additional $25,000 if uh, people if part- people buy some of the re- reset jackets on their, you know, jackets, caps, trust, gloves, and other stuff from their website, they will donate. They will match that money up to an additional 25,000 uh, towards behind the scenes because it was interesting. Chauvet said that um, they love, care, and respect all the people who are working in this industry that are struggling in such difficult times. And they felt that they wanted to give back to help support people now so that everybody can be strong when we come back to live events. And it's an incredible program that they've initiated.
0: It's a very wise investment in our own people. When our industry comes back full force, we're going to need all these people to still be here for us right so right. Uh, it's a it's a very wise investment
1: right so it's it's wonderful and and the so the donations are already right there and the matching donation is active through the end of this month if if any if people want to help donate by buying swag from their website because the money goes 100% to the behind the scenes restart F, the restart fund reset fund i,
0: I think just talking about it is another way of chiseling away at the stigma against receiving mental help and, and therapists. The generations before us were even worse about thinking that receiving mental help meant you were a loony or maybe you were you were weak, right. but it, it's just not the case. We're, we're all smart enough now to know that when we want something done right, or if something's broken, we need to fix it and we need to mm-hmm. go speak to an expert. I mm-hmm. don't see it as any different from going to a dentist when my teeth need help. Uh, when my brain needs help, I, I go to a therapist.
1: Right, and, and it's even more foundational than that in, in my personal pers- view, which is you need to be whole for, for yes. any of the other building blocks that we use in our lives to happen. You, you need to, we need to take care of ourselves and that it's okay to take care of ourselves
0: mm-hmm it's not selfish it's no just no. It's maintenance
1: right you know some people liken it to that airplane announcement that we all know so well put your mask on first before helping someone next to you
0: very clever that's <laughs> uh so behind the scenes is twofold there are uh, i will include a link uh people can donate as well as they can also apply for support and and search what off- i've go ahead
1: yeah, and search out uh, any of these mental health uh, tools and and services also on the same website.
0: And from what I've heard, the process is far easier and much more expedient than receiving government support at the moment.
1: Yes, uh, applications for financial assistance are on a rolling basis. Okay. So as... Uh, As a lot of grants, there's a certain amount of financial forms and information that you need to provide, but as those come in, they're considered on a rolling basis. It's not waiting till some predetermined date months down the road. Uh, So so we tend to be fairly nimble in that regard.
0: It's, uh, It's like those commercials where if roadies ruled the world, how much quicker and how much more efficient and expedient we could be without all the bureaucracy attached to it.
1: Right, and and thanks for pointing that out. Behind the scenes was created by and is, happens by industry professionals. That's that's what this entire group is. So that that sensibility is is baked in.
0: That's uh, what's always made it unique for me, and that's why I support uh, Behind the Scenes as much as I can. Uh, which is actually a great segue into the Actors Fund, which is the final organization that I want to discuss with you, because I know you're also involved in the Actors Fund, uh, which is very similar behind the scenes, but it, the scope is a little bit larger. Is that accurate? Sig-
1: significantly larger. Actors Fund has been around for over hundred years mm-hmm. uh, and actually started as a burial fund uh, back in the 1800s when actors were scum of the earth and, and could, not, could not get the respect for even that, Chris is laughing again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, of course we need a fund to bury the actors.
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was started in 18, trivia, it started in 1882, and some of the uh, people involved in it in, at the, uh, in the early years were P.T. Barnum and Buffalo Bill Cody, and Edwin Booth.
0: <laughs> really?
1: <laughs> so, so that's where it started from. Fast forward into the 21st century. And they, they have a huge amount of services they provide. Uh, they also have been uh, providing emergency grants. They've, they've distributed over $17 million in the last six months to wow. people in need uh, to help with essentials like rent, food, medicine, and health insurance premiums. And uh, they're also... All of the services are based for anybody. Let's start from the beginning. Anybody who's in the entertainment or uh, performing arts. So television, film, concerts, theater, on stage, behind behind the scenes, behind the camera, everybody is is available. All of these services are available to you. And their whole business is based around people who do gig work. So they understand that paradigm and what people need in, who, live, who live in this kind of world. And so they also, it's amazing. The, I, I kind of bumped into them as we went into lockdown because they have uh, a whole, whole host of workshops and stuff on career development and so on. And I was just sort of randomly picking through some and, and kind of got interested in it and, and learned that they have you know, counseling services, they have training and, and they can help you with even uh, insurance. They can help you with enrollment in the Affordable Care Act and, they're, and getting through to them is a whole lot faster than getting through to the government phone lines and they can help you get to that uh, Affordable Care Act uh, enrollment. They also have uh, Medicare seminars to navigate a very complicated system. And you can actually get one-on-one sessions with them if you need to navigate your specific situation. And they've also have all their other core services that they've had for years, which is healthcare, HIV, AIDS services, uh, addiction and recovery resources, and women's health services, programs for seniors, it's huge. It's amazing. I'm, I'm just amazed. They, they are one of the largest support organizations to our industry in so many fields. So I'm, I'm amazed at what they do.
0: I, I think we've all been shown that the politicians in the United States will do the bare minimum necessary for re-election These are the sort of things that when a community actually truly comes together, we can generate this sort of support for our, for our colleagues Mm -hmm. so much quicker, so much easier. We just have to raise awareness for them. There's a lot of people that just don't even, that aren't even aware that these exist.
1: Right. And, and Actors Fund is one of, one of those, but once people discover it, they're huge supporters and fans of it. The other thing Depending on what industry trades you read, um, there are a lot of people. I'm in the New York, Greater New York area. Uh, a lot of Broadway performers and Broadway professionals who are helping to support all these different events and fundraisers. And you'll see, you know, and funds will be will be donated to Act, Actors Fund. This is if if they're if they're granting over 17 million dollars, they are they are generating a lot of uh, donations throughout the year under uh, a significant program. So, so people are in, on stage in front of the Zoom camera and all of that. And uh, I know that some of my friends are helping. They can't tell me because it's kind of like an NDA until it goes live, uh, are helping behind the scenes on some of these progr- uh, productions coming up.
0: If there's one thing that we're good at as uh, entertainment professionals, it's throwing events that can generate some level of income. Mm-hmm. so it, It's definitely not something that we're strangers to. This is something that we know how to do. We just need to figure out the best way to apply that money to something that's worthwhile.
1: Right, right. And so Actors Fund is one of them. So if you start kind of paying attention to, to what you're seeing in some of the trades, you'll, you'll start seeing the Actors Fund bubble up. And that's that's what these programs are about.
0: Uh, As far as I know, Actors Fund has also been able to get some rather large corporate sponsors, which helps out quite a bit.
1: Yes. um, I'm not as familiar with that. I know that they work very closely with Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS, which is one of the largest charities uh, in our industry. And Broadway Cares will funnel money to other organizations to administer. So they send money to the Actors Fund. They send money to behind the scenes and so on and so forth. And when I lived in New York, I used to chair the, the designers, United Scenic Artists table at the Broadway Cares Flea Market that we had every September that would raise over a million dollars in a eight hour period of selling. We would sell renderings and and, and swag and, and other, other material generated by our our designers. And That was, that was a great effort that, that continues to the say they went online this year.
0: That's great. We are almost out of time, but I wanted to bring this back to you just a little bit. A lot of people have a hard time even picking one charity or one side project. How have you been able to find so much time to maintain a professional life, a family life, and still be able to give so much of yourself back to the industry that's helped you so much?
1: Well, I'll tell you, the pandemic certainly has helped for this year. <laughs> There's plenty of time to, to kind of sink my teeth into this kind of stuff. It's before this year, it was more limited shots. I mean, I would just make the time for the Wendy project. You know, it's six days with, with mm-hmm. these students. Uh, so that's basically that and a, a little bit of ancillary support in between that. And behind the scenes is just sort you of know, ongoing as a board member, you know, that level of convening and support and discussion and brainstorming and so on and so forth. And for me, I discovered, thanks for this question. I discovered a long, long time ago that there was more to life than wearing a headset 12 months a year. Yes. And and I asked myself, so what are you interested in? And I discovered that the times that I had a student assigned to me as my student assistant on a, on a production, where I happily gave my time and, and focus to having a student with me. So I realized that working with others, and as you say, bringing others along into the industry was the rewarding part. I was putting in X amount of hours to that per week when I was in production and I loved it. And I I much preferred that over that same X number of weeks on something else that was not related to that. So I went, okay, that's it. Besides wearing this headset all the time, I want to help others come into the industry or be connected to the industry. My, My pathway is through this industry, in mm-hmm. ever whatever way connects for me, and that's how it got started.
0: Yeah, I can only imagine that after an hour of doing stuff for yourself, you're full. Uh, you you've become whole, and then once you start to overflow, what can you do other than find other cups to be uh, other cups to be filled? To continue the analogy there.
1: Yeah, it was it was interesting. I went, you know, I I can I'm perfectly happy to spend my time and resources helping somebody else learn their way into this industry, uh, get their way into this, as opposed to doing, you know, that amount of time for something else. And I went, well, that's really interesting. Why don't, why don't I continue following down that path and see what happens? And that's how I got to here.
0: Well, I, we're, we're so thankful that you got to here because uh, <laughs> there's so many people out there, especially during this, this, the worldwide pandemic that, there's a lot of people that need it and they, they just need to see that there's a little bit of hope and there's still a lot of ladders to be climbed up to, to pull themselves out.
1: Yeah, and we're, we're here to help each other.
0: Wonderful. I will include links to all of these wonderful projects that you're a part of. Thank you so much for taking time to, to share that with me.
1: Thanks, Chris. This, is, this has been really great to spend some time with you.